The Rojo Show, episode 87. Somewhat symbolic of the fact that at one point me and E lived on 87th and Ashland. And um, I also had relations with two longtime girlfriends in that apartment. Jesus. Anyway, <coughs> lots to talk about because I haven't talked to you guys in a long time. Um, you guys know nothing of my um, flourishing DJ career. You know nothing of how I am setting the fitness world on fire. Um, and you don't know that I haven't been, well, I wasn't smoking. I wasn't taking my medicine, wink, wink. And now I am back taking medicine. And I think I'm going to stop taking medicine more often. Because when it comes back, when you go back to the medicine, medicine works ten times better. This is just my opinion. I am not a physician. Um, Rojo Show, episode 87. I don't. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind, I want to really talk about this little Nas X kid. Um, because if you don't know Lil Nas X, he has the Old Town Road song. And um, look, like straight up, like I don't know what a country song is. I know that that's not, that's not really a country song. I know the subject matter might be somewhat country, but it's almost like a parody song. Like, let's keep it real. Like, it's not like, it's not like he is, like, from the country. I mean, aside from, like, our, Atlanta, our niggas from Atlanta country, you know? Like, it's not like he grew up on a farm nowhere. And not saying that all country artists have to grow up on farms. I really don't know much about them. And if you count plantations, then, I mean, I guess a lot of us at some point grew up on farms. But you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Come on. It's not a country song. Now, the fact that they felt the need to disqualify it from winning country, from, from like, winning country awards or being charted or being considered a country song, I don't know about that. But, again, that is, that is what white people do with their shit. They are very quick to police it when black people or people that are not white are on the verge of taking over or changing it. And it is not our fault that we do not do the same shit with ours. There is no reason that Post Malone should be considered a hip hop artist. Besides the fact that he has people rapping on his music. But if you ask him, he doesn't respect rap music. He even said in an interview that rap, he, he doesn't feel like rap music con, uh, conveys emotion. What type of dumbass shit is that to say? Are you serious? You piece of shit? Post Malone? Now, I listen to some of his stuff. Some of his stuff is cold. That one song with Nicki Minaj, besides the Nicki Minaj part, is is really good. But I look at Post Malone like I look at uh, T-Pain. Like, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's a parody because T-Pain is very talented, but there's no for sure place to put it. And when, listen, when I, um, when I connect my phone to Bluetooth and Post Malone songs comes on, it's categorized as country. He don't want to be categorized with you niggas. And I think that that is a conscious decision by his label, by his management, however that shit goes down. He knows that when his music category comes up, 
he is not categorized as hip-hop. Hip-hop niggas know him. We fuck with him. He gets into those categories by way of his features with Quavo and with, with uh, Nicki Minaj, as I just mentioned, with Travis Scott, with 21 Savage. But if you ask him to categorize his music, he don't, he, I don't think he's going to say that he is a hip-hop artist. I don't. I'm almost positive he's not going to say that. But we are, we are very accepting of people that remind us of ourselves. We love to see ourselves in other people. I say this is as black, American Negroes. We consider it as some kind of level of acceptance from them. And it's not. Or, or they don't see it that way. They see it as, yeah, well, I'm, you know, I'm getting this little bag real quick. Of course I would. It's the most popular music on earth. Why, this, is a, this is a business decision. It's not always from the soul. But I mean it's a lot of it's a lot of not from the soul shit going on in rap music though. I mean it was just uh, I was listening to another podcast and they were just playing these sound clips of all these rappers talking about they don't give a fuck about hip hop culture. They don't care about lyricism. They don't care about melody and 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 giving niggas the gas face when you say something crazy. They don't care about bars. They trying to get a check and they've made it they've made it clear. They emphasize it proudly. Blue, this uh, blue face dude, Cardi B, who who won a Grammy, won a Grammy, which may not mean much on a because they don't always an, uh, an anoint or award the best lyricist either. But to win a win a Grammy in a category for a, a, a style of music that you admit not to give a fuck about proudly. You stomp up and down and say how you don't care about it. Yet you take home awards that that in some way um, dignify and and on a certain level to a certain circle of people validate our culture and our music and our contribution. And you just take it, you know, ignorantly. It's disappointing. I mean, I know this is old news, but, you know, I haven't talked to you all in a while. I found I found Cardi B's Grammy more offensive than Macklemore's Grammy. At least we know Macklemore like really likes to rap. At least we know he cares about some level of of craftsmanship in his lyrics and in his words. I did not agree with that. So I didn't necessarily like that song that he performed at the Grammys about the whole uh, about the um, about his sister marrying her sister marrying her girlfriend or whatever it was. I thought that was kind of whack. I thought the, I thought the songs that he really got famous for were not that good. But I know he has some heat that he has released. I know he can rap. I le- at least I know that he may be getting the bag in a certain way at a level at this level. But I know at his core, he seems like a lyricist. He seems in tune with the culture. When other people, you know, they 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 feel like they sound like they are riding to they're just riding along to a bag. We know how many people are writing Cardi B songs. A bunch of them. A whole bunch of people are Cardi B. And and she doesn't care about hip hop. She doesn't care about rap music. She cares about getting a bag, and she's made it clear. And other people have too. I don't want to just be beating up on her. Blah, whatever. 
Speaking of Cardi B, do we need to talk about Cardi B dropping pills in niggas uh, in in niggas drinks and robbing them? Whew. People was calling her uh, Bill Cosby's daughter. Now, now, if you're gonna draw a parallel to Bill Cosby, I don't think. Again, I think back in the day, people were slipping people drinks. People was slipping stuff in people's drinks. People was giving people quaaludes. People was giving people muscle relaxers. That was what they did back then. I think that was way more um, a part of the culture than we may allow our memories to acknowledge. But uh, niggas was on some shit back then. And I'm not saying niggas isn't like just black dudes. Like everybody, everybody was doing that shit. They used to have them about a, in a in a big ass candy bowl at um. They used to have them in a big ass candy bowl at the Playboy Mansion, and it wasn't even a thing. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying the Playboy Mansion to in any way um, cap or or dry snitch on my man Hugh. I'm just saying that's how everybody got down back then. I'm sure they had them at the at Studio well Studio 54 was like way later later but I mean drugs drugs and and fun and affluence all go hand in hand. So, you know, to think that Bill to think anyway, drawing a comparison from Bill Cosby to Cardi B. Um, Cardi B it was a stripper and apparently a prostitute on some level. And when you get into that world, you can't necessarily come in there with a referee t-shirt on, blowing whistles on shit. Okay? Cuz I'm sure I'm sure she probably didn't get paid sometimes, you know what I'm saying? You know, she like, "Yeah, okay, I'm going to take you in the back. I'm going to suck your dick for 60, you know, 60, 70 dollars." She go back there, suck the nigga dick, and then the nigga get up out of there and push her ass in the face. I'm sure this has happened before. I'm sure. Okay. Nigga, you know, nigga, uh, she probably did. You know, if you're doing that, you definitely doing privates. You know what I'm saying? So you definitely going to the crib with a group of niggas, you know, to quote unquote dance for for the small group or for the little wedding party or whatever. I'm sure some niggas done stepped around some cash in there. I'm sure she didn't, you know, who knows the type of situations that she may have been uh, been subject to in that life. And if any of those men were ever brought to task, there we know what kind of consequences they would receive. But when there is a level of admission on the other side, when there is a, in essence, a confession, what kind of, well, we, we see, I'm talking about it late, so we saw what kind of backlash didn't happen. But I'm saying if anyone else had, had I mean, even Donald Trump, Donald Trump in some way confessed to grabbing him by the pussy. They let you. At least it was in the discussion. At least it was put next to his name. At least, at least when the super progressives address him or go, get into a back and forth with him or, or with, you know, or pause. At least when super progressives get into a back and forth with Trumpites, with trumpet, Trumpets, people who ride for the Donald, at least they can say, hey, this nigga admitted to grabbing bitches by the pussy, whatever that equated to. 
So I'm I'm saying maybe nothing is gonna be done about it. Maybe it was all this fair in prostitution and stripping and and Johns and 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 and, and, and hoes. But can we at least attach the incident to her name? Can we at least say former drug? Listen, Grammy Award winning John Druggin sucking dick in the back of the champagne room and not giving niggas their money, Cardi B. We can't do that. I don't know. Again, nobody is right in this situation. Niggas shouldn't have been buying the pussy. She shouldn't have been drugging them and, and, and robbing them. But, I mean, when you drug and rob dudes, you can't just drug and rob anybody. Some niggas you drug and rob, you only get $20. So that there also has to be a level of, just a level of all-around deceit. You know what I'm saying? Like, she had to find a nigga, track a nigga down, know what nigga is worth robbing and stealing from. Like, it's just a level of griminess that she still eludes. And I'm not trying to bring. I'm, it's, I mean, it's not going to stop none of her money because people who want people people know about this. Number one, uh, I believe there are some women who who almost champion her for it, and that's very interesting. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I know ain't nothing going to happen, but just you know, just keep calling her. Say say your name. Say your name. Cardi B, the nigga drugging bitch. Cardi B, the the drugger and and thief. Grammy Award winning. Moving on. What else? Um, Lil Nas, Cardi B. Oh, yeah. And then Lil Nas, they go and get Billy Ray Cyrus on the track. Now it's charting. But again, so you made them go and get the go and get the white man. I guess that might be a little unfair because who else would they get? I mean, and Billy, I don't know. The whole thing is just messy. I just think Billboard should have shut up. They should have let the song do what it did. But you still didn't have to vote it for nothing. You, it still didn't have to win anything at all at the fifty fucking awards y'all got. You know, country music has the most awards, like award ceremonies, out of any genre of music. It's like eight of them. It's like the it's the country music awards. It's the music country awards. It's the awards for country music. I know that sounds ridiculous, but let me, I'm going to look them up real quick. Um, Country Music Award Shows. Hold on, hold on. List. I need a list, bro. Hold on, I'm looking it up right now. Give me one second. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I just need a list, bruh. Jesus. See, this is the type of stuff that makes... Technology not as awesome as we would like it to be. Because there is no reason I shouldn't be able to see a list of 
Country Music Awards. Okay, Country Music Association. That's the CMA. And then you got the Academy of Country Music. That's the ACM. That's the real one. Then you got the CMT. Then you got the AMA. Then you got what, Billboard. Jesus. Like, for what? And even if he did win one, like, he can't get one of these bullshits? Independent Music Awards, Ameripolitan Music Awards, CMA Triple Play Awards, Austin Music Awards, Academy of Western Arts Awards, bruh, Academy of Country Music Awards. This is just a year schedule. Western Music Awards. CMT Awards. This is ridiculous. Nashville Industry Music Awards. I'm over it. I'm over it. No more. International Bluegrass Music Awards. American Music Awards. All right, I'm done. For real, I'm done. I'm not going to say no more. But Jesus. So what if Lil Nas wins one? Because he went and got Billy Ray Cyrus on a remix, baby. It's the remix, baby. Crazy. But yeah. So while we're talking about all this music, we might as well go ahead and talk about how I've been DJing and stuff, right? Now, um, allow me to take you back. Back into time. Um, when I was a shorty, I used to always keep the music with the boombox. Like, you know. Shouts out to my uh shouts out to my aunt, my my TT. My aunt Gwen, TT is what I call her. Because she got me this boombox one year with the uh it didn't have a dual tape deck, it just had the one, but it had the record button and it had the radio. And I used to record DJ mixes off the radio, and I used to take them, I used to play them in the parties at school. Um, and then, like, the, 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 um, the speakers could, like, slide off so that you could put them on. It, like, it was like a boom box that turned into, like, a bookshelf a stereo. It was raw. And then, like, I would, like, DJ the little parties at school. Shit used to be a little lit. And then um, I always wanted to get some of those, like, a pair of those turntables that was in the back of the Source magazine or in the back of the Vibe because my mom used to give me the Vibe Source it was Vibe, Source, and Blaze. I used to get all those magazines, cut them up, put them on my wall and shit. So um, I had a nice little tape collection, you know. Um, started off with uh, the Mr. Smith album and um, Bone Thugs and Harmony Crossroads single. Um, I also had Boom Shake the Room by Will Smith and the Fresh Prince, uh, by uh, uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Um, the first CDs I owned were um, the Soul Food soundtrack, um, Big Willie Style by Will Smith, and 
There was one more, but I can't remember what it was. But I kept the music. I had like a, I had like a, um, I used I had multiple uh, CD like uh, bootleg CD man. Um, Victoria Hooks, rest in peace, used to make me a lot of the, a lot of mixes in high school. Um, I could probably still find them somewhere, but you know what I'm saying? She had the the Missy Elliott. That was when uh that was when Get Your Freak On was hot, that whole album. Uh that's when uh Beauty, niggas needed beauty on the on the playlist. Every day. That was the joint. Um that uh the other genuine joint. These is all joints that me and Sam used to ride around to listening to when we was trying to he was trying to get up with Miss Kathy's daughter, Kiki. And I was I had some I had some illusion that that girl Portia liked me. She had a huge butt. I think she liked me a little bit, but uh, I think she was getting a lot of attention from a lot of niggas, like older niggas, and I was just a nigga her age. You know what I'm saying? So it was one of them type of things. Because she did have a big booty. But she also used to walk around the mall with a notebook for niggas to get a, give her. Like, if I if I tried to get a girl's number and she pulled out a notebook to write it down and I could see other niggas' names down there, I'm like, bitch, fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm not going to be another name on your stupid-ass list. What type of nigga would do that? <laughs> the type of nigga that probably texts back K. <laughs> hey, nigga, I'm downstairs. K. Nigga, no, stay upstairs. I'm leaving. Um, but yeah, Victoria Hooks, she hit me up with a couple mixes. That was a song. Shouts out to Victoria. Rest in peace. Um... <coughs> But yeah, um, so I kept the music, man. And then, so fast forward, uh, nigga, you should be a DJ. Nigga, you should be a DJ. Nigga, you should be a DJ. But um, like, and then I met up with E. When me and E lived together, he was always talking about DJing too, and I was talking about that shit too. And like, I used to write out little mixes and shit. And um, yeah, so it's all, I've always like wanted to do it. And then I went to Scratch Academy like two years ago. Was it two years ago or last year? One of them, but it. It wasn't, look, okay, did it unlock some doors for me? Absolutely. Was it mind-blowing? No. And maybe it's not supposed to be mind-blowing in your introductory class, in the, in the level one class. But the, the quote-unquote final exam was, like, not all that intense. And I felt somewhat insulted that I passed based on what I had or based on what I did and that other people passed based on what they did because they really ain't do shit. Like, you were supposed to blend it and, like, keep it blend. Like, on the turn, you were supposed to, first off, we was using turntables. Well, no, you had a choice of using turntables or using a controller, which is somewhat cheating, like, if you're using a controller. Because not, not really, but kind of, sort of. Because once you put them in a the controller, if they had the same BPM, like, once you set it, you can, you can almost set it and forget it. Not really, but you kind of can. When you on turntables, like, them turntables ain't spinning at the exact same time all the time. Like, they like windshield wipers. Like, windshield wipers are like, they'll hit at the same time once, and then they'll kind of hit on, and then they'll be way off, and then they won't be off as much, and then they'll hit again at the same time. So, like, you got to, like, like, I was, like, 
I was like using the side of the platter to like keep it on time and shit. And he was like, you know, and Sam was like, oh yeah, rah, rah, rah. oh yeah, you passed. And these other motherfuckers coming up, like doing this shit for two seconds. And he's like, oh yeah, 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 you passed. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. He didn't do what I did. So that left kind of a bad taste in my mouth. But I was always looking at like shit online and like looking at little DJ sets and shit and whatnot. So I ended up going ahead and getting like a little introductory controller case that came with the full version of the uh, software. And I've been like, I've been, you know what I'm saying? I was pretty good on it. I was, my prior inclinations were, I guess, correct. Like I thought, I, I thought I'd be okay with it, and I'm doing okay so far. So I was like, yo, I'm gonna give myself like probably like six months before I even try to do a restaurant or like a little party or anything. And then um, I started doing this personal training thing at Export. Uh, teaching the boxing and teaching um, a couple of the other group fitness classes or whatever. And um, I'll tell you about that in a second. So then I was like, man, you know, because the big problem with me and my classes was the fucking music was garbage. Um, and not even garbage in a bad way. It was just like uninteresting and like kind of the same songs all the time. Like not even like really upbeat. Because like as long as it's like a certain tempo, like it really don't care matter what it is when you're working out. You know, as long as it's either a certain tempo or it's conveying a certain message. Like either hardcore hip hop or like some dance house type shit. Like some EDM type bonk, 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 bonk like some heavy type shit. So um, I started making these little DJ mixes or whatever. And um they can't be trash because, you know, I'm playing them to people in my class or whatever. So they're going well. And then one lady asked me, you know, if I was a DJ or whatever, if I was a DJ. And I said, yeah. And she asked me if I had equipment or whatnot. And I was like, I definitely have equipment. And then she was like, oh, well, my kids, uh, school, their DJ dropped out last minute. You think you could do the party? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do the party. And she might throw me a little bread for it. So that's what's up. I'm like, yeah, let's do that shit. So. I got my first gig a little faster than I anticipated, but I ain't mad about it because um, it had to be done. You know what I'm saying? It had to be done. Um, but, yeah, so the personal training thing or the pers- the, the group training thing. Um, so I had been taking the exit classes for, like, probably like a year and a half, two years. And then the location I was at, like, I'm not going to be specific about it, but they, the one great teacher that I was working with, like, she stopped teaching that class. And then I kind of had to start going to one of the other classes, and that one wasn't always as good. So I ended up um, asking if I could, you know, teach the class. Now, when I talked to the manager at, the location I was working out at, I don't know if he meant to play me to the left or I know I don't know if he thought I was serious, but I interviewed with like two people, told him my experience, told him what was up. They didn't really give me no play. So I'm like, okay, that was right around the same time that like a flood happened at this certain location. So couldn't go to that location, had to go to another location to work out, take my little exit classes, taking a boxing class. I'm doing my thing, so hitting my angles, ba 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 ba. Dude say, hey man, what you do this from you? When you start doing this, I'm like, man, I've been doing this shit since I was in the garage with Bryant, since I was in the basement, you know what I'm saying? Since we was over at the motherfucking um, on 79th and, and King Drive. Uh, we was doing it big time. We used to walk in the, in the snow sometimes. And he was like, oh, okay, yeah. So then um, he introduced me to the manager. He was like, yo, you need to have him in here as a teacher. 
manager hopped on it like, yo, what you experience? You show me something, do something. I'm like, man, I got you, did it, boom, 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 boom. So then they hired me in right away. Like it was like a, a five-day process. It's crazy. So I've been in there doing that, you know, and um, you know, you can still hit me because I still, you know, do my little thug thizzle. But um, it's been working out pretty well for me. I guess. I mean, I'm trying to get some more people in these classes. Hit me up for some classes. Hit me up and come work out. Come get some of that off your back. But um, I don't know. Ever since I and I guess Rakeem would need some kind of recognition in this because um, up until them niggas at Comcast was kind of make me feel like I was fat. Like I really had kind of let myself go. And then honestly, my ego and vanity kicked in, and I got like sixty pounds off off me real quick, real quick. And now it's like you know now I'm I'm into it. And I'm trying to do it different ways, and I'm, you know, um, getting certifications and trying to do it the right way. So it's just a little another Swiss Army knife thing, you know. It's just like it's just another thing, so that if I end up on tour somewhere, I can like keep myself in shape, and I can get other niggas in shape with me, and I can always keep my wife in shape after she have our kids, and uh, you know, just be in real life. Real life, real life, you know? So anyway, yeah, hit me up for the workout shit. Um, What else? I don't even know. I know it's more stuff than that. Hey, man, Childish Gambino, that, them Adidas shoes is ugly. But um, big ups to you for bringing Monique back with, in, the, uh, in the commercials. That's an ill move. But just dirty versions of shoes that we didn't really like in the first place. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, I know a lot of Adidas niggas is going to wear them. I, I, if you don't know, I'm kind of in like a, uh, in a slight Adidas matrix by way of, uh, former employment and, uh, still people that I, I really respect and, um, and care about work there or whatever, work for the company. But, um, I mean, like call a fucking spade a spade. Like, okay. Like some of those Kanye shoes, I get it. Um, some of those boots, sure, I, I I get I get the appeal, um, but um, this Don this shoe they just he's just doing dirty versions of of shoes that we didn't really like. I mean the Nizza is cool, but the Nizza is just a it's, it's a on one hand it is a better supported and better built version of a Converse Chuck Taylor, but it's a Converse Chuck Taylor, bro. Like, come on, stop it. And some of these other models, like, we just never really cared about them. So, like, I'm never trying to hate on a, a brother's check. Like, get that check. But, like, don't. I mean, I don't know. They like they like house shoes. They like beach shoes. They like, you know, little no-sock shoes or whatever. It's cool. It's okay. It's cool. Which, I guess, is the kind of shoe that you would expect Donald Glover to in, endorse. Is a, a cool shoe. Like a, like a cool laid-back kind of shoe that you can wear with your white wife and your two half-white kids. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. He's Mr. He's Mr. This is America, Mr. Uh, New Black Revolution. And that's no cap. That is no not cap. That's not no, that's no not, that's no not no no cap. No not cap. There's no no, that's no no cap. That's what that is. There we go. Um, but yeah. But big ups to him for putting Monique in the, uh, in the commercials. 
She was she was actually kind of funny in there. I'm glad she's finding ways to get bags. Um, yeah. So I had um, I had stopped smoking for like 30 days. Or let's see if we can put a better date on this. Hold on. Hold on. One second. Let's see if we can put a better date on this. Oh, how long I was really off the meds. Okay, so Nipsey Hussle died March 31st, um, and probably like the week before that, I had um, I had gotten to, I didn't get into a car accident, but some crazy shit happened to my car, and my trans, it is, is, I don't want to get technical, some crazy shit happened to my car, um, and I had already been going back and forth with my insurance company because I got hit by a bus. I don't know if everybody knew that. I got hit by a bus in my truck and uh, fucked up the whole front side of it. And um, they, quote, unquote, fixed it and gave it back to me. And as soon as I got it back, it was some shit wrong with it. So I'm going back and forth with them about what's wrong with it. Keep it a thousand. I didn't take it back as soon as I, I, I took it back that week. Like as soon as it got back to me, I took it back like the, within like the next two days. And they was telling me some bullshit. Well, the first thing they did was they took it back to the back and was like, yeah, let's look at it. Okay, yeah, we fixed it with some kind of air leak somewhere. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, okay. Uh, start the car. And he started the car. He put it in reverse and it shut off again. And he was like, well, you need to get an oil change because it could be an oil pressure thing. I'm like, well, can't y'all do oil changes? I know y'all got oil change. I know y'all got oil back there. He was like, no, we don't really do it. I'm like, all right, my nigga. So I called my insurance company and told them right away. And they were like, all right, we'll get the oil change and let's know what happens. I got the oil change. Shit didn't change, but I was driving for Uber. And I just was like, let me get back to getting this bread. Fast forward. I'm driving down the street, and all of a sudden, my transfer case blows. So I get it towed to the place. They telling me they're not going to put it as something else that was uh, related to the last thing. But if I wanted to file a claim, I could file a claim. I'm like, bet. I file a claim. They let me pay the, pay the deductible, which is a certain amount of money. I pay the deductible, the, uh, but the, um, the dealership called me like, yo, more than just the transfer case is broke. And I'm like, yeah, I know more than just the transfer case has been broke. They're like, yeah, well, they're not paying for that. I'm like, what? So they just covering the transfer case. They're not covering the other, like, $2,000 in damage or whatever. So I got to pay the deductible to get the transfer case fixed, which is cool because that could have been a whole lot of money for a used one. And they giving me a, a new one for the deductible. But then I got to pay for all this other shit in order for my car to be right. So I'm like, damn. So I take the little money I had. I had to reach out to some resources, get that bread, put that with the other bread. Boom, 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 boom. Got my car back. Um, And now, like, I'm like, when I was, like, doing all that, I just didn't feel right, like, buying weed. So, like, I was like, okay. Until I start paying these people back, I need to, like, not not have the weed. So I put the weed to the side. I was like, cool. And then, of course, like, I only needed the money because I needed it at, like, this. I didn't have that much at this one specific time. If I had, like, two weeks, I could have got the money. That was no problem. I had, like, checks coming in from teaching and blah, 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 blah. Like, it was not the fact that I didn't have the money. I didn't have the money at that second. 
So I had to call some people, boom, 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 got the money. And then I just didn't feel right, like, buying weed until I started, like, paying people back. So I hit some people with some cash, boom, 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 pay some people back. And it was like, mm, Nipsey Hussle got shot. And, like, I felt, the way I felt when I heard that he had got shot, like, six times was the way I felt when they told me that Tony had gotten into a motorcycle accident. Like, it affected me that deeply. Number, number one, I, I, number one, I'd like to say it affected me that deeply. And number two, I hoped that nothing was wrong, or, or I, I hoped that he would come out of it, but there was a part of me that was eerily prepared or that was that was somewhat knowing that he wasn't going to survive. And I, I had that same kind of feeling when I heard about Tony. Uh, number one, I know Tony didn't ride with a helmet. I know Tony rode balls to the walls. And if Tony is going to get into an accident, it's not going to be like something small, especially not once I found out that he got airlifted to the hospital. They don't just airlift people to the hospital because that motherfucking helicopter and all that work, that shit is like up like ten like a hundred thousand dollars to get a motherfucker airlifted. And Nipsey Hustle is not a big nigga. Fifty Cent, big dude. Got shot nine times. Barely survived, but he survived. The game, big nigga. Got shot six or seven times. Survived. Nipsey Hussle? And I know I don't I don't want this to be seen as ignorant. I'm just saying when I heard I'm I am I am trying to explain what I heard and what I felt in my mind and what I was thinking when I heard that six foot four 185-pound Nipsey Hussle got shot six times. I hoped that everything would be okay, but there was a part of me that knew that, that ain't, he ain't the one to get shot. Not, he, he, ain't, he ain't the one to come out of six shots. And I was, I was very, very, very hurt. Even even with that, I was very hurt when I found out that I was right. And um, <clears throat> I'm not trying to, like, dredge up a whole bunch of old, like, emotions or feelings. But I remembered um, when he, when Nipsey was on Jesus and Mero, um, because, I mean, Nipsey was a heavy smoker, as most West Coast people, let alone rappers or let alone people who had their own marathon kush, um... A marathon OG, one of them. Um, but uh, I remember him telling them that during the during the recording of the album, he was going through a lot of weed, smoking, you know, burning a lot of trees down. Um, but during the, the promo, and during the time of most of his press and things like that, he had put it down to kind of handle business and to be clear headed and clear minded um, while presenting the art. And that kind of resonated with me when, when after he died. So um, I, I I stopped smoking. Um, 
And 420 coming along really kind of just gave an end date. And I really didn't even decide that I was going to break it then until it got close. And I realized that, you know, for so many years, it was just, you know, another day of my usual regime as far as it went to marijuana consumption. Um, but um, going through what I went through with the with the, my car and um, acknowledging and um, in respect in some way of the death of um, Ermius Ashgadam, uh, known as Nipsey Hussle, I did make the decision to kind of put it down for a little bit just until... I, I reached uh, a level of stability in some other areas of my life. Um, and with that said, I encourage people to do it. If they if they do smoke often, um, take a break. Take 30 days and, and use that 30 days maybe because I was like working hard. I was eating clean um, because the munchies are for real. Like... And me and Brian knew this in high school. Well, not not high school. Sorry, we were not smoking in high school. Um, in college and after college, we would smoke, but we would prolong eating as long as we could because once we started, we was hungry, and that shit would be rough. Um, but yeah, and then like you just get high like you did all over again as a, as a as a youth or as a beginner. Like when I when I smoked the first little jizzle on, uh, I was, bro, I was watching The Watchmen and it was way too intense. Like, Doctor Manhattan was glowing, and then when he was hitting, when he was hitting, uh, Spectre with like the three bodies, and then when he went back in time and was talking about his um, oh, how how he got stuck in the machine and how how he was in love with Janie. It was crazy. Man walks into a doctor's office. He says, Doctor, I'm depressed. Oh, what happened? Oh, no, no. He says, Doctor, I'm depressed. He says, Well, the great Pagniacci is performing downtown. Go see him. That'll cure it for sure. The patient burst out in tears. But doctor, I am Pagnacci. <laughs> Yo, that shit is crazy. I might watch that shit again. That shit was fire. But um, bro, just went through sensory overload. It was it was crazy. It was great, but it was crazy. It was great, but it was crazy. Uh Game of Thrones has been crazy. I'm sorry, I did not need to see Arya get naked and Bone Gendry. I know they was pushing towards it because they was doing, like, the little soft porn shit with Gendry. Like, he, they'd have him, like, you know, shirt half weird open while he's in there hitting the, the steel with the, on the, on the anvil, making the, making the little knives and shit. I get it. But Arya still looks like a little girl. Like they need to like woman her up a little bit before they start making her making us look at her half naked. Personally, that's what I think. Personally, I really didn't need to see Arya's little body. I'd much rather see Sansa's, and I don't think Sansa's body is awesome. But you see, they didn't show them titties. You know why? Because that would cost too much. 
she gonna charge to show them little weird boobs. I'm telling you. Uh, but it's been, I mean, I don't want to say that they're rushing the storyline, but they're getting a lot out in the first two episodes. For there to be four more and for them to be longer, um, I don't know. It's going to be crazy. I've been listening to a lot of these different, like, um, theories and stuff. And the fact that Bran and the Night King are somewhat, uh, uh, you know, connected is interesting. Um, I don't know how Theon is the one that they trust to go and protect them. Um, I mean, Theon is, he's just now become like this, like, this like tough guy, right? Like he rescued his sister and now we just supposed to entrust him with the three-eyed raven. I don't know about that. Um, it's very interesting that when John told Daenerys about, uh, him being a Targaryen, she wasn't about what our, what about our love? What about the fact that I love you? She didn't say nothing about that shit. She was like, oh, so you got a better claim to the Iron Throne then, my nigga thought that was very interesting wasn't about it wasn't about what about us what about oh my god i've been kissing my nephew for the last however many days jamie knight and what's her name was crazy i did not not cry (coughs) thought it was touching I thought he would have went through a little bit more to have to get back in, but it seemed like, you know, he, they had that little court scene in the beginning, and then this nigga is walking around whistling, talking in the tire, uh, talking in the, uh, talking to um, Tyrion, like ain't shit just happened. Walking around whispering Dixie, whistling Dixie. Like everything's sweet, cuz. I'm not going to do a whole crazy breakdown of everything that happened, but a lot of interesting stuff happened. I mean, the battle is definitely next in the next episode. Um, somebody's going to be riding dragons. Because I feel like the Night King is coming in on a dragon. He ain't coming in on horseback. And Bran better do more than just sit in that stupid-ass garden and not say something, say nothing. Like, or just wait for the Night King to come and get him. You better war get into somebody or something. Make it worth our while. War get into ghosts and then, like, go get them with ghosts. That'd be cold. And what's going on in the crypt? They they saying the crypt is, is, is safe too many times. That's like, some, that's like saying don't look down. Then everybody look down. The, the crypt is the safest place in the earth, is it? I don't know. Might not be. If he can raise the dead, what make you think he can't raise the dead people that's down there in the crypts? Ooh, was that a that wasn't a, a spoiler, was it? Spoiler Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Crazy style. What else? I mean, I'm sure there's more to talk about. I don't know what, though. Man, this little Mexican kid at my school tried to get saucy with me. Talk about he can't speak English. Like, he's, well, not, he didn't say he couldn't speak English, but he in the back. He, he talking. And I'm like, yo, be quiet. And I tell him, come up here and tell me what they was talking about. And then he starts speaking Spanish, acting like he can't speak English. Now, look. 
I couldn't say nothing crazy because I well I no I couldn't say I felt bad I felt weird saying hey speak English when I talk to you that would have been that that felt that made me kind of feel like a colonizer or some shit um but um I could have said some other nasty ass shit and I don't want to go all the way down that road like I don't want to get into you know them little cages that people was being held in at the border, you know, some of them who really couldn't speak English, um, you know, those those Mexican kids that were getting separated from their parents at the border, you know, and were undoubtedly crying in Spanish. Um, <clears throat> I just, I just, I just, I just didn't want, I, I don't, there's a part of me that is, like, I recognize little smart-ass kids, Cause I was a smart ass, but I also like, I was a smart ass to test it. And then I would chill. Um, even the things that like my parents were like contacted about, like it was never like, you know, Jared cussed the teacher out. It was like, you know, I wrote a letter to a teacher that was kind of spicy to be in third grade. But, I mean, she was the substitute because the other lady's daughter had a baby. So she went off for a minute. And then she was this, like, super Irish lady. So we ended up doing, like, four weeks on Irish stuff. And we had to make all these, you know, we had to make an Irish object. And we had to do a poster board and all this bullshit. And then we did a week on Africa. And I just I just wrote a letter to her saying, hey, that was real convenient that we did a, a, a month of stuff on the country that you from, but the country that eight other people in the class are from or people are from or claim to be from, we only did a week on. It's your weak ass. So, you know, she told my mom about that or she wrote back to her or something. Um, but it'd be like stuff like that. I would never, like, be in no... First off, I'm somewhat jealous that I don't have another language to speak as a as a black person. But I can only imagine, like, if I was, a, if I was like, to get pulled over... By a, a you know a cop in Beverly, we'll just presume is is white and Irish, and um, you know they asking me questions, and then I hit them with some with some Yoruba language, or I hit them with some Swahili, and then they 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 don't know what I say, like they would have my teeth on the fucking ground so fast, and I'm not saying that that is the same, that, I'm not saying that that's at all what I was thinking to do to this little boy, but like I really hope he doesn't run into the to the to like the wrong cop. And try to pull that shit. Because they're going to fuck them up. If I was a racist cop, I would be a, I would be a great racist cop. Like, I would say a bunch of shit about his parents. You know, I was, oh, you can't speak English? Like, don't get your mother, don't get deported out here acting like you don't speak English, bruh. Don't, 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 you don't want to go down that road. It's, a, it's crazy shit going on in the world right now. If I was if I was some extreme right wing white dude sub in that class, and I got some kid in here acting like he can't speak Spanish, I could go super hard, bro. I could get all in his business, and really fuck up some shit in his family. Like because un- the unfortunate the unfortunate truth is there are illegal people in this country, which I don't give a fuck about. I don't care. I'm sure that some of my be- some of my favorite meals have been made by illegal um, illegal people, illegal aliens in the country, illegal Hispanic people, I don't, uh, Mexican people. I don't give a f- however you say it. I don't give a shit. 
But what I'm saying is there are motherfuckers who do, and you don't know who do. So number one, like, don't be kicking that shit like you don't speak English around the wrong person because they'll take you up on that shit. And now is the time where they would be somewhat validated or praised for it. If some white teacher lost their job because they were talking to a Spanish student and he didn't speak English and she felt that that was enough or that was grounds to report him to some kind of authority and maybe his family wasn't... um, wasn't illegal but like they had like a nephew or an uncle that was staying with them that was come on bruh i know listen i'm taking off my glasses right now because you can't see this but i know stories of shit like that happening straight up and and, and i know i know i call it the rojo show and and I know I lived in Pilsen for a long time. Never mind all of that shit, which I don't, which I don't say like qualifies me as some kind of like, you know, uh, Chicago Latino aficionado. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying I have always had an affinity for Mexican people. I, my mom and my I was blessed to go to Mexico early as you know when I was a kid, and we wasn't just no stand on a resort type niggas. We went to the malls out there. We went to uh, little arcades that we shouldn't have went to. We went to the bullfights. Like we went out there and and fucked with Mexican people on a real level. And uh, I spoke. I took Spanish when I was little. And and again, I'm not saying none of this qualifies as shit. I'm just saying I have an affinity for Mexican culture um, and, and Mexican people. And when I lived in Pilsen, I enjoyed the fact that I felt like I was around niggas like Mexicans that did like nigga shit. You know what I'm saying? They 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 drunk. They got homeless people that be outside the store begging. They got niggas that's gonna fix your car on the low. Um, they got niggas that's gonna whisper whistle at your girl when you're walking down the street. Um, you know, they got shit that they probably shouldn't have. Uh, maybe not a bunch of pit bulls or a bunch of dogs, but they definitely got roosters that crow at the crack of fucking dawn. Um, but they throw lit parties and they invite you and they give you fish from across the street and all types of shit. I fucks with them. But what I'm saying is, I know, all of that aside, I have a close friend that works in a in a um in a industrial facility where 85 to 90% of their workforce in this industrial facility is Mexicans or are Mexicans, people of Mexican descent. There was a there is a couple there are lots of couples that work there, lots of family members that work there, whatever whatever whatever. There was a girl who found out that her boyfriend was fucking one of the other girls that worked there. And the girl went and reported her family or reported the girl. Whatever uh, branch of the government or whoever covers that shit was that the Department of Naturalization or some shit like that. They came into their job, investigated everybody. And a bunch of people got deported. A bunch of people got deported. Some of them were able to get the proper paperwork to come back. But a bunch of people was deported immediately. Immediately. So it's not hard to get niggas to come out and investigate right now. They come out at, at, at any sign of a tip. And you just don't know who is who. You don't know what somebody is going to say. 
You don't know who is going to take it to the wrong level. I'm talking to one of my friends, and um, his son is like five or six. His girlfriend, uh, his fiance actually, uh, she does makeup. So the boy sees his, his mother doing makeup all the time. He says, I like makeup. I want makeup. And uh, his father is immediately not, he's not crazy. He's not going crazy about it, but he's saying, "Mm -mm, Charlie, boys don't wear makeup. Now, now, um, depending on when you're born or not even that, not even that, uh, there is a, there is a long list of specificities that we could go into right now of instances where men wear makeup just that statement men wear makeup there are lots of ways that we could make that argument valid men wear makeup on stage as, as you know as, as you know theater i was a theater kid i wore a little makeup if you saw uh if you saw my performance senior year i wore a lot of makeup lipstick too um you you have to see the performance to understand it was cabaret and anyway um men wear stage makeup like if you're on tv get a little powder so you don't sweat so you don't shine um rock stars wear makeup little eyeliner you know what i'm saying um uh watch that uh, that uh dirt joint on on um on netflix um men are clowns so you, you wear clown makeup there is a lot of ways that we could get real specific on how men wear makeup. Number one, are you going to get that specific with a six-year-old, with a five-year-old, whatever? Yeah, it's fine for boys to wear makeup. You could definitely say that. Now, there is a, there is a strong possibility right now of the wrong teacher hearing so let's say he goes to school and he says um i like makeup there is a teacher out there that will take that as a cue to start nudging him in a certain direction towards shit that could turn into something else what is the what is the okay so I like makeup. Cool. So now, on the off chance that she sees him playing with a doll or playing with what could, to the average person or by, by a, a, um, a average pole, would be considered a girl toy. Okay. Not a big deal, but now he may... Now he... It's okay for boys to wear makeup, and he plays with girl toys. Okay. Um, so now, two grades up, he's the same kid, and maybe uh, there's some way for him to end up, you know, trying on, maybe they're playing dress up for the school play, and he's, you know, okay with trying on some kind of dress or something. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and, and theorize all the way through how a boy, a young boy saying, I like makeup, could end up in him 
ultimately being gay. I'm not saying that at all. I am saying I could somewhat understand a father at this point, at this age, not wanting to get into being specific about whether boys wear makeup or not. If so, I would have to introduce it in like a different way, like in like a, like I said, like clowns wear makeup. Like, oh, you like makeup? Let's put makeup on and then like make them look like a clown. I would much rather do that. It, it wouldn't, it would not, I'm sorry, it would not be like a little girl where if, if her mother, if she was five or six and her mother did makeup and she was always in there watching her do makeup, it would not be the same as if the mom put a little lipstick on her or totally made her face up like a, like a crazy person. Yeah, sure. This is something for you to look forward to when you get older. But you, this, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're too young to remember it. I don't think so. I think at five and six, you start to remember things. I know it's a very touchy subject. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to have a conversation with you about it. I was once asked at, a, at one of my old jobs if it was okay if a mom got her son a um, a cooking, like a kitchen set. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like I'd feel more comfortable if it was a barbecue set. But then I was walking through Costco, and sure enough, I saw a boy on the front of a kitchen set. It wasn't pink. It was like blue and yellow and brown. You know what I'm saying? It was a little bit more of a, a masculine color palette, but it was still a kitchen, which I, I, I guess I get. I don't know. I don't know. Do they have pink toolkits for little girls? I don't know. I don't know. And I don't even know if that makes me feel better about it. I don't know. On one hand, I can't wait to have kids. On the other hand, I, I feel like I would need to, I would need to move to like 1995 land. Could I raise them in a world that was closer to 1995? Is at least as far at least as far as ideals and 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 certain theologies and and and, and philosophies. But I still want I still want my my phone and I still want the internet and, and I still want all the good stuff from right now. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. That's an hour. I'm going to give you guys that. And um, hopefully we'll get some response. Hopefully we'll, this will start some kind of dialogue. I know I haven't been consistent, um, but I'm learning that this is the only thing I definitely have had at least 10,000 hours in. Uh, this is the only thing I feel like I am very confident and very good at doing, um, talking and, and voicing my opinion. So um, this is my contribution to the world as of right now. In memory of Nipsey Hussle, I'm, 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 I'm doing my shit more. Um, thank you all for listening. This is the Rojo Show, episode 87. Um, as you know, you can find me on Stitcher. You can find me on SoundCloud. You can find me on iTunes. Um, if you're not sharing, you're not a fan. One.